Hello, and welcome to the 86th episode of the iRace We Gambled podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Simer. Crum, it's good to be back. We're off to Michigan this week. Two races to run through real quick. Like I was saying before we hit record, it's kind of odd that we're getting back on a better schedule of actually getting these recorded and out. And uh, it just coincided with my Sundays being absolutely crazy uh, to the point where I have not been able to watch much, if any, of these races. So, yeah, recap's going to be a lot on you, but looking forward to previewing Michigan at the end of this and uh, giving people a way to make some money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's the summer months. I think is just the easy answer to all this. It's like if we find time to do one thing, we're probably not finding time to do another thing. Um, but that's just the way it goes. And uh, I I've been watching uh, it, but arguably these have been some of the weaker races in terms of like you know racing to watch. It's been more strategy racing. So you're not missing a whole lot, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Um. I will say uh, I did see Kyle Busch uh, in the SRX series, which is uh, it's the superstar racing experience or something. It's kind of like just one-off events at short tracks with weird cars that are all set up the same, kind of like an all-star series um, that runs Thursday nights on ESPN. So while we're recording this, I think they're probably doing a race, but they'll like have a uh, different invite, different uh, like drivers invited from different other racing disciplines. So Kyle Wish went there for the first time. I think it was a couple weeks ago now and won a race. So that was cool. Um, and then in terms of news recently, uh, we, we already knew that Shane Van Ginsbergen was going to race at the Indy Road Course, which is not this weekend, but it comes after Michigan. Uh, he's also going to do an oval truck race uh, at a nearby track the same weekend um, as that. So he's going to get start getting some oval racing experience and there's been plenty of reporting where he has basically told media members over in New Zealand or Australia. I think he races in Australia, but he's from New Zealand. Um, but he's basically told reporters he's going to move to the NASCAR series as soon as he can make it work with his current contract and then whatever track house can offer, I guess, in terms of a third team. I'd love to see a third track house car. That'd be awesome. Yeah, especially with a guy who's one for one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him for being interested in getting into NASCAR either. He's like, hey, I, I won the only race I've ever driven in in this. Let's, uh, let's see how good this could actually be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, I mean, I, I've tried a few things in my life where the first time I tried it, it worked. And it's kind of like, man, I don't even want to try to do that again because I nailed it on like in one shot that could be 100 percent for my life if i never do it again but what's the fun in that it's like uh retiring right after you win the super bowl <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but you'd be like doing it if you're patrick mahomes be like what wait a second you're really young you know you can playing it's like nope did it we're done met the goal <laughs> anyways uh it we're, we're it's in football season basically is is why we're talking football already but um, we'll try to stick to NASCAR for the rest of the pod. Um, we'll probably, maybe we'll have some insights for the fantasy folks if anyone's interested. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the actual recaps at Pocono. 
Uh, like I said, this was mostly a strategy race, a uh, few more cautions than usual. And then at the end of the race, there was a lot of uh, people spinning other people out, caused a caution, caused restarts. And uh, Denny Hamlin uh, just basically ran Kyle Larson out of room. Um, this was after he didn't get into the back of Bowman, but may have been influencing Bowman on why he spun. So Denny Hamlin wrecks the five, takes the lead, and then I think there's another caution. Larson hits him under caution. There's another restart. Larson has enough damage he can't keep up, so Denny Hamlin wins going away. Um, but this race also ended with some, a really weird caution scenario, Josh, that I know you didn't you didn't exactly enjoy from what you re- recall. No, I didn't enjoy it at all, but I was also probably just a little tiny bit hot about the fact of how many years in a row are we going to let Denny do this at Pocono? Right. Because <laughs> he did the exact same thing last year to Chastain. He did. That he did to Larson this year. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I actually almost went to listen to his podcast, but I didn't want to give him one more listen because I'm sure he would have been singing his swan song and saying that it was just what racing is because he was the one who was on the good end of the entire incident. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I don't really dislike Denny. Um, in fact, I feel like I do actually like him quite a bit, but he is absolutely one of those guys who just, bitches and moans when it happens to him but when he does it he's freaking prince charming just out there doing doing the thing and trying to win and it's hard racing that bit of him definitely drives me nuts um yeah yeah the the last lap um second to last lap the fact that there was a car that wasn't refiring spun out on the track that caution flag has to come out before that white flag waves. It's just an absolutely ridiculous call by NASCAR. I don't understand it. Um, just the idea of Denny getting a gift wrapped when under caution after really being at fault in a lot of incidents on the track to get him into that position just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, it doesn't seem like, I mean, we talk about this every year. This is our third year doing this podcast. And every year we talk about the inconsistency (laughs) with NASCAR. So, yeah, I'm a little, a little less hot and bothered by it than I have been in the past because it just feels like par for the course at this point, but we gotta, we gotta get some consistency here. Agreed. Um, it's it sucks that that becomes the main talking point of the conversation when it could have just been another fun restart. Maybe somebody does to Denny what he did to Larson makes for even more drama. Um, but now Denny came away with the win. Uh, we actually had another uh, another couple uh, interesting sort of battles uh, out there on the track in terms of people being very angry um, after the race. Corey LaJoy uh, basically got like attacked by Ryan Priest, who was the car that spun out and couldn't get refired uh, because he was pissed off that he wrecked him for, like, 25th. Um, and he had a bad day to start with. So, you know, just not a good time. Uh, we had the 77 spin out the 14 to bring out, the, like, the last caution, which or second to last, I can't keep track, um, 
which was a weird spire on SHR crimes happening there. Um, and then we had uh, Redick uh, getting a helmet thrown at him from Austin Dillon after he spun himself out. So that was a weird choice. Spin yourself out and then throw the helmet at the guy. I don't know. <laughs> at, at first glance, I thought Redick was like, whoa, that was a terrible move by him. But then on replays, I was like, actually, that was the three. He came down. Um, and then early in the race, I had uh, Logano, I think, in my in my betting profile and felt pretty good about it when he won stage one. But then start of stage two, he was on the wrong strategy back in the pack, uh, spun out and then basically lost his mind versus the tow truck drivers. I don't know if you heard his tirade on the radio or it wasn't even on the radio. It was an in-car camera that picks up like audio. But I did not hear it. All right, I'll have to send it to you after the pod. It's like a 15-second, 30-second clip or whatever, but it's basically him just losing his mind because the track workers aren't hooking his car up to be towed back to pit lane. And he's like, just look it up! Come on, let's go! Like, he's trying to get them to hurry up, and they just won't. <laughs> it's funny. But, yeah, a lot of angry people in that race, which is weird for a Pocono, but... Um... Decent day. I still came away with some units with the Hamlin win, so I, I wasn't that upset. Um, my draft, or my, uh, sorry, not draft games, my FanDuel lineups did pretty well as well. Um, I think my pre-qualifying draft was good, and then I had another lineup that also got me a 3x, so came away from the weekend plus four units, um, 3x on lineups, yeah. I don't, do you recall if you had any winning lineups in there? I think you had a good draft. Um, I was for the last two races just about even money between the six lineups that we set. Okay. So a couple good ones, a couple bad ones, more or less just even money split, so. Yeah. Looking at the draft results, it looks like your post-qualifying draft was probably a winner, um, as well as my pre-qualifying. And then, ideal lineup-wise, we both uh, didn't quite nail the ideal lineup with our locks, but um, Truex just just outside the top five, and then Larson, I think, was just kind of overpriced. I think they both were, actually. Um, but Larson just kind of had a middling day um, after he got put in the wall, obviously. So, tough result for him. But we'll move on to Richmond's, talk a little bit more about that. Uh, it was not as successful for me in the betting profile. Um, Everyone I bet on, I feel like, had a problem. I had the 45 who missed the commitment line or cone or box or whatever, uh, getting onto pit road for his last green flag pit stop. Uh, the 6 screwed up pit road late in the race. The 19 had a terrible race. I've never seen Truex be so bad at Richmond. Um, they sort of saved the t for a top 10 at the end, but they were like 25th most of the day. Um, Kyle Busch was like consistently third place car except in the middle of the race where he like randomly dropped to 15th but then worked his way back um and then byron and all of the hendrick cars josh here's a fun stat i heard on uh dirty mode dough yeah the four hendrick cars finished worse than all of the rcr cars so the eight and the three all of the RFK cars, so the 6 and the 17, and all of the SHR cars, the 14, the 41, the 10, the 4, all the Hendrick cars finished behind all of those drivers. Interesting. 
Yeah. Because Richmond last year was when they went one, two, three, four, right? I think so. So yeah. <laughs> that team's been uh you know, besides Byron just showing up when he shows up, the team's been a little bit disappointing this year for kind of the standard that we hold them to, I feel like. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. It's weird because I think the first 10 races, it felt like Larson and Byron with Larson kind of making just some mistakes here and there. But Larson slowly fell out of that like sort of obvious winner category. And Byron still kind of had a really good shot at it, but would ha- definitely have off weeks. And now it's like none of them are doing anything special. Chase Elliott hasn't done anything at all. Although I think he was probably one of the best Hendrick cars uh, at Richmond. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch him win in a couple weekends. Just wait. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Watkins Glen, we'll see. Um, but Bowman's another one that I, I don't, it seems like he's having a typical year. It's just without the wins. Usually he's good for a win by this point in the season. He just hasn't gotten it, so... I think his best shot is probably Daytona if he wants to make the playoffs, but we'll see. Uh, ideal lineup wise, it's pretty straightforward. You had to have the two RFK cars with uh, the Busher and Kozlowski, and then it was the 22 of Logano who managed to finish fourth, I think, in this race. Denny Hamlin finished second, um, had a shot at the win there with the late race restart, but overshot the corner on the second restart lap and didn't have a shot at it after that. And then Almirola, like I said, SHR had a really good day. Um, so he made the ideal lineup, which is pretty impressive. Um, you had a great lock with the 11. We posted our uh, draft on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called. now. I don't know. Stop fucking things up, Elon. So if it's X, are we calling them Zeets? Yeah. <laughs> Just sending yeah. out some Zeets over here. I just assume that's how you would pronounce X-E-E-T. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just keep calling it Twitter. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) At iRace, we gamble. Yeah, exactly. Follow us at that social media company as long as they're still around and everyone still exists. As long as it still exists. Yeah. Um... But yeah, good job with the 11 on the lock for you. I had the 19 again, who was just, again, outside the top five. Um, you also nailed Brad Kozlowski. You rounded out your your draft with him, and I said, smart man. And I was proven correct about you being smart. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't know what that says about me or you, but nice job. <laughs> I mean, if FanDuel is going to keep giving me Kozlowski for the... Eight to nine thousand dollar range. I'm just gonna keep taking him. Yeah, he's a perfect buy low candidate right now. Um, his his teammate won. Yep. That that team's got some speed. I think they've got two good drivers behind the wheels. They do. Just getting it done right now. I did. I feel like Kazowski's just consistent. Yeah, he's he's starting to look like that veteran Harvick style of racer right now. Like. He's not on the best team. He's not doesn't have the best car, but he's starting to put good finishes together, and they're, the team's clearly improving. Um, the only difference is I think Busher's obviously a, a higher caliber teammate than anybody Harvick has. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. At least this year. I feel like Briscoe last year started to look like he was going to be a standout, and now this year, not so much. All right. Let's talk about Michigan, where they're racing this weekend. Big two-mile oval. Um, Fords have traditionally been very good here. Harvick's traditionally been very good here. Um, 45 laps for the first stage. I think they can do that on one tank and gas. I think you can probably make it 50 laps. Um, 75 laps second stage and 80 laps in the third stage. So those will need to be split up with pit stops. They have seven sets of tires they can use during the race. They have their qualifying set left over if they need it. But um, chances are you're not going to use up tires that much here. So I don't expect anything crazy in terms of tire strategy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, other worthy of note, I guess, Kyle Busch won the other two-mile track at, in California in a Chevy. Um, the Toyotas have been really strong on the larger fast ovals so there's kind of an argument to make for any any maker model right now i feel like but we'll see what we uh we end up doing in the draft here i guess right absolutely all right i think um i think you start but i actually don't know i do start okay and i'm just gonna make it real quick and easy He's priced up this week for a reason. He's my lock. He's getting his win and solidifying his spot in the playoffs. The four of Harvick. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong. He's got he's got a lot of good stats here. He's led thirty percent of the laps over the last three years here, so mm-hmm. I'll take that little bump. Yeah, I like it. I think I heard and it didn't seem right to me, so I, I'm I'm not even sure if I feel like I want to repeat it because I'm afraid it's wrong. But I think I heard that he's won five of the last seven races here. Uh, he has won three of the last four for sure. Yeah, so it's possible. That's still a fucking lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, three of four is amazing either way. So, I yeah, he's not even the most expensive at 12.5, is it? Yeah. So, yeah, he's fourth on the list. Yeah. All right, I'm tempted. I so I want to go Kyle Busch because I feel like he has a good shot and he's underpriced this weekend for how well he did at California. But I kind of want to take this opportunity to take the two highest priced drivers that I think hate each other currently, even though they're friends, but are probably going to do really well here. And that's Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. So I'm going to blow my budget, take the two highest priced guys. Uh, I get, I'll make Larson my lock, but that's not a strong, it's not a strong endorsement. All right. Uh, I love that for me. <laughs> it really makes me want to just go ahead and throw the eight onto my lineup. But I don't know if you can really make a build if you add him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, boy. Tough one here. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further down the board. I'm going to take Chastain. I'm going to make him my buy low. 
Right. Not traditionally uh, great here, right? Yeah. No. Just a, a gut feeling. I don't know. I think after a bad week from Trackhouse, knowing that they got Project 91 coming back in next next week, two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of extra inspiration for that team. And uh, then I'm going to... I'm going to grab a driver here who I think just set the record for the fastest four-tire pit stop that we've ever seen, and I'm going to go with the 54 of Gibbs. Accurate. Saw a TikTok or video or Instagram. I can't remember what. I saw something where he did it. Like It was like the Jackman's perspective. Yeah, 8.4 seconds. I think I watched that video like 20 times straight. It's <laughs> insane. Sorry, did you say, were either of those your buy low? I'd... Chastain is. Okay, yeah, I thought so. I just wanted to confirm. Uh, all right, well, I'll take my buy low then. Um, also kind of a gut feel guy, not really someone who's traditionally done great here, but I'm thinking Michael McDowell gets a rebound week as well. He did not do great in Richmond's. Think maybe he can recover. Just get me a top ten, maybe. Um, I don't hate that pick. Really cheap at five thousand, so that's that helps my budget situation. Um, if I wanted to lean on Fords, I could probably. Uh, do I want to go? I feel like I kind of gotta go Keslowski. He's even cheaper than he was last week. Like, uh, he's good here. He hasn't won here, but he's good here. And he's only 7.8. So, sign me up for the 34 and the 6. So, I've got two Fords, a Chevy, and a Toyota. And I've got 9,700 budget left, which means I cannot pick Kyle Busch. I uh, was really hoping that you were going to overlook him there for me. No, I couldn't. All right, so give me the eight. Sure. And give me Bubba. Damn it. I was looking at him. You probably saw him right at that price point I can afford. <laughs> I saw him there, and I saw him... Just outside of the tap, top 10 for fantasy scores here for the last three years. So, yeah. Trying to decide between Chase Elliott and Joey Logano now. I feel like Joey's got more momentum, but it me- makes me very Ford heavy. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Joey Logano. I don't think this is how I'm going to put any kind of lineup together necessarily. So this is kind of like an alternate, like kind of uh, different eggs, different basket type deal. Um, It's almost like I'm putting the guys we missed in my lineup for some fucking reason. Uh, (laughs) That's what it feels like. (laughs) But yeah, give me the 22 to round it out. All right. I don't I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. 
I think guys we miss is going to be interesting, though. Yeah. For reference, my pre-podcast lineup was the 8 that you drafted, the 23 that you drafted, the 1 that you drafted, the 22, and the 24. So I guess guys we miss should start with the 24. <laughs> Feeling good about it. He's just too good. Uh, he's been consistently good, and he's only 11.5. It's easy to put in there. Let's go 24.19.9. I'm on board with all those. Leaves us with 8.2 per driver left. Is there anyone 6,000 or lower that you like? Um, Eric Jones. Eric Jones has a good track record here. 6,000 or lower. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's 6.5, huh? Maybe Elmarola at 5.5. I was trying to think of a way to sneak the 12 in. Yeah, I really like that idea. I think that's a great call. I think the 10 is the best choice for under 6. I don't hate that. 24, 19, 9, 12, and 10. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Lock it in. Consider it locked. All right, are we racing on Sunday though? That's the that's the real question. Um, it's uh, it's not looking great. It's not looking horrible either. Um, sixty five percent chance of thunderstorms on Sunday. 60% chance of thunderstorms Monday. So we'll see how the wind's blowing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because now I'm saying, let's see how the wind's blowing. Sunday we're southeast wind, but Monday we're west-southwest wind. Hmm. So clearly they're looking at some type of wind shift. So potentially a front moves through or doesn't come through and – it, yeah, it's just looking like probably just a little bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, unpredictable summer weather. What a surprise. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lakes around there too, so they can really affect the weather patterns. Yeah, no, they greatly affect them. <sighs> hey. All right, well, I think that wraps it yeah. up, right? Yeah, I think so. Another tight podcast. All right. Well, you can enjoy this one and you won't have any left over when you finish your walk. So we'll catch you next week.